0: In a world where three pudgy history teachers discuss random aspects of history... I've got
1: nothing. Oh, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, Wait, who you call him pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude.
2: <laughs> Welcome to the History Bros, everybody. It is me, Jason Rude, ready to go. Uh, You can call me Corn, you can call me Rude, you can call me Rudy. You can call me a lot of things. Yeah, sometimes they call me the the Red... I don't know. Hatfield's got a lot of names for me. Sometimes it's Big Boy. But uh, anyway, joining me is Jason Hatfield (laughs) in North Carolina. I'm
0: fairly certain I've never used Big Boy ever. You said, who's
2: your Big Boy? Boy?" (laughs) Who's your Big Boy?
0: Uh, Yeah, but it's not like, hey... There's my big boy. So let's let's make sure that it's, <laughs> let's make sure that we got the you know the context down right. You know, so
2: okay, fair, fair enough. So Jason Hatfield joins us from North Carolina. Brian Geldmacher from Missouri. Hey. hey, how you doing, Brian?
1: <laughs> I'm here. That's saying something. Excellent. I was
2: going back. Uh, <laughs> I I went into Chicago this weekend with my wife, and we were listening to episodes on the way back out, and. Um, We both got an education, uh, mostly uh, of me getting a
0: comeuppance from you two. But,
2: uh, yeah,
0: it was interesting. There were some things. Oh, pudding! I'm sure it's okay.
2: There were some things I definitely needed to go back and address because, like, it's like, oh, that was not uh, interpreted the way I meant to. Uh, But I forgot what they are, so now I don't care. There you go. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, there was actually, there was a couple things. Oh, um, When we were talking a few episodes back about um, that, Thomas Newman was up for an award uh, for his uh, scoring of the soundtrack to 1917. Mm -hmm. He is actually the cousin of Randy Newman, so he's not
2: the son of Randy Newman.
0: No, no, no. I think they're a cousin, and I I think we
1: referenced him as as his son, but.
0: Right. Thanks yeah, or I, well, I think we weren't even sure that they were related at all. We thought maybe it was just like a coincidence. But, well, I, you know, and I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm sort of glad that Thomas Newman has uh, a different approach because, you know, um, <laughs> I, I kind of wonder what it would have been like, you know, when, you know, the two soldiers go in and they talk to, uh, you know, um, Colin Firth. And he, Colin Firth is like, you know, um this unit is going to be walking into a, a massacre. They're walking into a trap. You you must go and save your brother, and then they leave, and you you got a friend in me! You know what I mean? Like, I
1: giggled because it's not coming. I giggled because I it coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> walking through the trenches. <laughs> I mean, just like... I, I, I don't know, I'm just kinda of glad. You know, it's uh, there's something about the, the feel of the movie that a quirky little bump 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 kind of like would not
1: <laughs> You don't you don't think? You don't think. Okay. No, I don't. No, that's fine. That's awesome.
0: So yeah, that was the first thing I was thinking. I was like, God, that movie would have been farcical at best if, you know,
3: so anyway, I just <laughs> wanted
0: to add that in there because I was like, I keep forgetting to bring that up. So, I, I
2: anyway. have to ask. So, M- Mr. Movie Expert, um, is it safe to say that the score of a movie plays a big factor in how it's going to end up coming off? Coming off? As far as like the tone that it's going to give out?
0: Um, well, okay, so... I don't know how you guys watch movies or what, what really interests you.
2: I generally sit Um, in a chair and eat popcorn,
0: but in a film, but like, you know, uh, with my watching it with the having, you know, like a a theatrical background, the acting is obviously really, really important because if it's so just painful to watch, that's going to be shot down the dialogue and the, Story have to be good, but um, production values also, you know, have to be, you know, pretty solid. You can make a really like low budget movie and have it be really, really good. Um, In fact, I just got some residuals for Arthur Newman, uh, which was the Colin Firth movie that I worked like a day on in Wilmington way back in the day. I think I've gotten two sets of residuals from that movie because I don't think anyone has really watched it. (laughs) um but um so you i mean you can you know put some money into it but this particular one i mean the production values are great but music obviously can play a huge i mean like john williams hans zimmer uh those are a couple of my favorite um composers and this is one of the first that i have been familiar with with thomas uh newman but um uh, the cinematographer I found out had also worked on Blade Runner twenty forty nine and uh, also Sicario, which are also two really good films. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I mean, it's this I really felt was I went to go see it twice, and it's I mean I really feel like it's a a good total package. Okay, i, um, I I've cool. really I really enjoyed it. You guys haven't watched it yet.
2: Honestly. No. <sighs> no. Okay, so you've opened Pandora's box for me now, here Hatfield, and uh, okay, here we go. I'm gonna ask questions. First off, uh, and this one is less serious, but I am kind of curious on it. And the next one is now I forgot what it was. I'll have to see if I can get it to come back to me. Um,
0: Glad we have that talk.
2: No, I apologize. So you said you uh, you worked with Colin Firth. Yes. How was it to go to a movie starring him again, knowing that you like know him and worked with him, and you're like, dude, he's like. <laughs>
0: Uh, The thing is, is that he is so he's he's such a strong uh, presence on the screen. I don't uh, I don't register that. OK, um, in this particular movie, I mean, I, I didn't have a chance to talk with him. I sat next to him in the, um, the the little makeup trailer when we were getting ready. He was sitting next to me and I was terrified to say anything to him because I'm like, I don't want to say hi, because what if he's a jerk? And right. then it completely mm. ruins everything. Yeah, um, I was watching CBS Sunday morning and uh, they were interviewing Mandy Patinkin, which is kind of the reason why I don't like to approach <laughs> certain um individuals uh he and I had a little bit of a uh I, I went to go introduce myself because me was Inigo Montoya and that was kind of a weird exchange that we had and so ever since then I'm kind of like you know what um maybe I'm going to catch them on a bad day or something or whatever and so yeah. I typically won't but um um it was I didn't have a chance to talk with him that much uh talk with um uh Colin Firth but uh, it is kind of weird to have been sitting like literally in the next chair over from him in a in a makeup trailer and sure. just <laughs> I guess he must have thought I was a jerk because <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't talk to... I didn't really even try to give them any eye contact, but it was just... I don't know. It's like sometimes some actors treat the 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 smaller cast or the the day players and the extras with a, a degree of contempt and I just didn't and I'm not saying he does but I didn't want to find out so right gotcha
2: there was another question I had though what were we talking about not just the Colin Firth thing it was about uh the acting no not the acting <laughs> what was it what were you talking, talking about
1: did you talk about the score and whether it uh, how it affected the theme but before or that, how it affects Like, after I
2: asked it, but before he actually answered my question.
0: I don't know, man. (laughs) But, I mean, you got to think. The score plays a really, really important part. I mean, if you take a look at Batman.
3: Right.
0: um, Hans Zimmer. um, Really, uh, really nice work. Um, John Williams. I mean, look at how many. I mean, when you talk about certain movies, I mean, like Jaws and Star Wars, one of the first things that you think is the soundtrack. So, I mean. That's I think the, for me especially, and I actually have on vinyl, um, the Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack. Oh wow! And um, I used to when I was a kid. This is uh, I can't believe I'm going to share this, but we used to have one of those um tape recorders because this is back in the 80s, and I used to do like little kind of radio dramas, and I would use the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. As my background music for like chases and stuff like that, while I was doing that, so I've always had a really soft spot for um, for orchestrations and, and soundtracks to like just really really good movies. So.
2: Sure, sure.
3: No, mm-hmm. I hear
2: that. Now there was something else. It was you were talking about something technical and how the acting has got to be strong for. Oh, production values. Maybe that was it. Yeah,
0: production values. Um, yeah, I mean uh, for this particular movie, um, they created obviously everything and i don't want to share a lot with you guys but they did a lot of prep work for this um so um for 1917 for example oh um they started off with an open field for example and eventually they had to measure everything out based on how the the shots were so because of how the the filming takes place but um i mean they made it look dirty they made it look different so like the your british trenches obviously look they don't look as good as the german trenches Mm. and um i mean the the amount of thought that it takes to that they did for that and plus um you couldn't light it based on how they were how they shot this so you couldn't hang rigging or lights or scrims or anything like that so they could only film during certain types of uh times of day and because how the camera could swing around you couldn't have any lights up because then you'd easily see it so the sort of uh amount of effort is really one of the things that makes this film so compelling for me sure
2: Well, um, I'm fascinated by the filming process in general. And so that actually brings up my next. First off, uh, I figured out what my other question was, but I got another one before that. How do you know about all the the stuff that they did? Were you able to talk to somebody? Did you read it somewhere? Or is it just stuff that because of what you understand about it, you know what they kind of had to do?
0: No, well, I've watched. They have a couple videos on uh, YouTube that are, um, our chances are will be included in with the DVDs when it's released. Which I will go ahead and tell you, I will have a copy, right? Um, <laughs> but um, they they had some behind the scenes about how they made this happen, okay. and um, it's I mean it's it's fascinating. Because, I mean, especially when they do it to such an extent that it doesn't feel like they put that much work into it right. when it looks as effortless as it was. Right. Hmm. Um, but, uh, and I mean, I having the limited amount of uh, experience that I've had just on sets and stuff like that when we shot The Conspirator, we didn't shoot it in Ford's theater because obviously I don't know how much money that would have been. I don't know if they would have wanted to have the um the killing of Abraham Lincoln filmed in there again. I think there was a you know, like who he had spoken to earlier, they it's not the kind of thing I think they would want to have reenacted.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm guessing yeah. based on our conversation with Alex Wood that, that would yeah. not have happened.
0: Right. Probably not a good idea. So they had they they basically took a warehouse and in the corner of the warehouse they rebuilt Ford's Theater. Uh, the crazy. interior of it. And so when you walk in, like there's if you're looking at the stage, the left side did not exist. But the right side, you know, you had that corner and the stage and everything. But hmm. um, and they had uh, a platform where you would have. So when it looked like uh, Booth was walking in the back of the theater, all that was really was a platform that they had built up. With extras sitting there, so they didn't have to dress it up or make it look nice because it's you know shadow up front right. sure so um but you know, and they had two different types of lighting for the footlights, one would be flame, and one was just light itself, sure, like actual lights. you could switch them out, which was pretty fascinating. I had a friend of hmm. mine who uh, worked on the lights um lighting for that, but uh so yeah, I mean, so sometimes when you see like screw ups. Um, and they're kind of jarring, but you know, um, I just have a, I've just developed a deeper appreciation. I guess it would be kind of like, you know, if someone's spent a little bit of time in like a brewery, you know, being able to appreciate the process when they, you drink a beer, what the process is that they make to go sure. through it right. and that kind of stuff. So,
2: so the other question I've got, and actually I've, I've got a million, qu- I, I'll tell you what, at some point <laughs> I want to do an entire entire history bros, just on like the movie making process because i find it fascinating and i think there's people that would find it fascinating
0: but well i've got agree. some friends that i'd be happy to you know reach out to and have them come on
2: well let's let's to let's, uh, let's let's yeah to, so. let's make a plan for that we'll do that in the next uh, yep. couple of months maybe but one okay. question i do have you were talking about your friend that is a was a casting director she said she did the casting for a bunch of movies
0: yes uh Jackie Birch so um what is she the- uh she did the casting for She had shown up and she was in Wilmington. She was living in Wilmington for a time. And I had gotten a a message during a show that I was doing a a play that I was doing. Right. She wanted me and another actor to come out. And I did a little bit of research because the the message was wrong. They had her name completely wrong. But once I found out who she was and I did a little bit of research, I mean, she'd done Die Hard, Roadhouse, uh, Predator, Right. Sixteen Candles. I mean, she's gotten like. I mean, she's got some iconic movies, and she's actually in that "Movies That Made Us" uh-huh. a series on uh, on Netflix. They interview her for like a little but bit. She, but but she's here's, great. She's great.
2: but here's my thing. My my question isn't so much that. My question is, so what is casting like? What does the casting director do?
0: Um, well, think about it like this. Um, it's kind of like what we were talking about with um. Uh, with with the with the orchestrations, I mean me Randy ref- Newman for 1917 or Thomas yeah. Newman.
2: So let me re- let me let me reframe that. So I guess maybe it's the, the the process is deeper than I realize, and and what I mean by that is um, the process is okay. An idea comes about, somebody writes a manuscript, and, sure. and turns it into a script. All right. Sure. So then that gets sold to, and I'm trying to keep this fairly short here, but they, then they, they, they sell it to a company that makes movies, correct?
0: Um, they Well, sometimes they will actually go ahead and create the movie. You'll get some sort of production company, and then they will sell it to or f- try and find a distributor okay. to sell it. Okay. So uh, in some cases, they'll have a movie, but they don't have any means of getting it out. So like they'll right. market it to Universal or Fox or sure. something like that.
2: So then in my mind's eye, until I, I started to think about this and then, and, and then talking with you and, and, and some other people, I think okay, so I figure out who's going to direct this thing, or you know, there's a person who's saying, "Yep, this is my movie. I'm doing this thing," so I got to go get the people uh, lined up and whatnot. But it's so, it's not that person though that's doing the casting, which means, from, correct me if I'm wrong here, it sounds to me like the casting director is told, "This is kind of what we're looking for for this role. Go find it for me."
0: Um, sometimes, um, Jackie was really good in so much as that she would go out and take a look at, um, shows that were happening, um, and she would see people and she would go, that person is really good. That person should, I think would be great for this character that we have coming up um which is kind of like every actor's dream that you're doing some sort of show and you're discovered or some kind of thing (laughs) she would she would actually go out there and do that and they're not a lot of there i i can't say that every casting director does that okay um they'll just send out you know their feelers because they'll send their uh information out to agents saying we want everyone that fits this uh, this description, you know, 30s right. balding, whatever, right? And, um, uh, but sometimes the people that write it say no, uh, like for example, the Joker movie, um, the guy that was writing it specifically had Joaquin Phoenix in mind for that part, right? right. So, what they'll do is then they'll reach out and kind of go, Hey, we'd really like for you to do this. And then if they say yes, well, then now you've got this person, so that's going to help with distribution because. You know, you've got a name, you've got someone that's got some, you know, a right. uh, name recognition and whatnot. And then that will then make it possibly easier to attract other actors and then who you have for the director and stuff like that. So um, sure. I guess it depends on the amount of money that you have and who's working on it. Um, it's, it's really like a puzzle. There's a lot of different pieces that will that will fit its way in. I remember um, one of the first... Um, auditions that i had when i was in college i went out and read and then a couple days later i called to find out about what feedback i had gotten and they said well they're not going to use you and it was called at the time it was called the romeo and juliet murders or something like that and it was based on some sort of event where the these two kids were in love with each other and they killed their parents because the parents apparently was based on a true story but right um and I auditioned for it, and I didn't get cast. And I said, well, what was the feedback? Because I want to find out what I could do differently because sure. I didn't have much experience in films at that point. And they said, well, first of all, you have no name recognition. Nobody knows who you are. <laughs> um, and second of all, you have no sex appeal. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I couldn't laugh. I, no, no, it. no. Dude, This I'm in college. I'm like, I'm supposed to be at the top of my game right now and you just said it's like you know and I'm kind of like wow you just did me I mean did they, <laughs> did they did they really say
3: that And she was like yeah they
0: said that and I was like God, i just what am i doing i mean it's like you know i i mean what i mean i uh, put me i mean and that's one of the things that's you know actors have you got to kind of have a thick skin because i mean you can get some pretty harsh criticism and then even more so for women you know it's like uh, you know like when, when uh oh god the one lady i mean you have uh actresses that get you know their faces done and stuff like that because it's like they have a window of what either their ingenue or their cranky grandmother i mean it's <laughs> like so no, women are held to a, a really unfair amount of uh, scrutiny, and there's not a lot of really good uh, roles that are written. I think I, you're starting to see that change a lot. But, right.
2: Um, I agree.
0: But, yeah, you you can get some pretty, I mean, like, rough criticism about you, you personally, about how you look and whatever. Sure. So when I started losing my hair in my 20s, I'm kind of like, well, so much for, you know, getting the Brad Pitt roles. I mean, it's like, <laughs> so, you know.
2: But so, okay. Well, I'm going to stop questioning there because this could
0: go (laughs) on. Yeah, we yeah we can talk about this you know and some other one. But um, why don't we uh, take a look at uh, this week in history? Absolutely, Gelly. Why don't you start us off?
1: Yeah, Uh, this week, January 31st, 1620. The Virginia Colony leaders. Let's go ahead and change that to colonial leaders. uh, Write to the Virginia Company in England, and they are asking for more orphaned apprentices for employment interesting yes it needed some folks to work
2: child oh. labor I guess. so apparently slavery wasn't enough
1: i guess not
0: well i'm not sure if it had really been codified yet in 1620 i mean 1619 yeah they brought them over but it hadn't we really hadn't seen a lot of the laws expanding true that kind of stuff yet so um, yeah that's and true. it's funny because uh, i was driving through i think it was kinston and I passed by. Uh, speaking of the whole colony and colonial, um, passed by a a trailer park that was called Colonial Colony.
2: Oh, interesting. Okay, so,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, o- of all the names that you could have had, you landed on that one. It's
2: yep. like you know, okay. put a put a dress mm-hmm. in a pig, and yeah. Anyway.
0: Um, um February second, eighteen forty eight, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo ends the Mexican American War. U.S. acquires Texas, California, New Mexico, and Arizona for fifteen million. Um, it was actually it's actually probably a, a little bit more than just those particular states. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, um, Texas uh, had been um already annexed into the United States by that particular point but uh, which of course made the Mexicans incredibly happy.
2: Right. Oh yeah. Um,
0: yep. Um and then there was the whole discussion. We do this every year. We just did this like a, about a week or so ago in my class where we go through and map out what the Mexicans believed the boundary of Texas were and what the Texans felt that the boundary of Texas was.
1: Doesn't, and um
0: and then, yeah, then you have I think it was Polk that sent troops down to uh, to defend the disputed area, and lo and behold, Mexican American War. And if you've ever listened to the Marine Corps hymn, mm-hmm. the first line from the hall was it from the halls of Montezuma? Mm-hmm. Yep, referencing uh, the uh, Marine Corps or the United States forces marching into Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of issues. People wanted us to go ahead and just annex all of Mexico. Really? Um, yeah. There were people that were like, well, we went ahead and took Mexico City. Let's just go ahead and take all of it. But they were like, no. And I don't, I'm not fully understanding why, basically, since we were in the kind of the the, the throes of Manifest Destiny. So right. uh, where we were wanting to, you know, occupy the continent from sea to shining sea. Right. But, um, there's, yeah, there had so to been we some took, other uh, about one million square miles. Was there that right? Could be.
2: There but had to I been some think. other political ramifications for not doing it, though.
0: Well, I even I think uh, Ulysses S. Grant said that this was a, a pretty unjust war that we had fought. Sure, so, um, hmm. it was. It was. It was kind of a flashpoint, but uh, we did pay Mexico for the land that we took. Right. Um, okay. So. Oh, so enough. that of course makes it better. And yeah. then the Gadsden Purchase uh, which was another little strip of land to uh, that we added uh, kind of in that uh, in that territory in the south uh, southwest.
1: Sure. That's uh, yeah, the sort of, southern tip of New Mexico and Arizona.
0: Yes. Right. They needed like some sort of uh, I think it was uh, it, it helped with a particular passage to try and make it to the Pacific.
2: So. Gotcha. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, moving right along, January thirty first, eighteen sixty five, House of Re- or the House of Representatives approves a constitutional amendment abolishing slavery. There you go. That's a big one. Kind
0: that um, of. I, I can't wait to uh, to get around to reading. Um, oh God, I can't think of the the the, the book that the uh, movie Lincoln's
2: based on. Team of Rivals. Yes,
0: Team of Rivals. Really excited to read that because um, that's basically sort of, if I'm correct, about the how difficult it was, the wrangling, to try to get the 13th Amendment passed. Right. right. Yep. So. Well, exactly. Anyway. Yep.
2: All right. Well, good deal. Well, you can maybe do a full episode on that sometime.
1: Yeah. There you go. All right. Geldy? January 29th, 1944. And I didn't write this. Oh, you would the put, put this one in there. The world's greatest warship. Missouri is launched you would put I didn't, that I did I, I didn't write this why does, have, why does it have an eye on the end I thought it was Missouri. but I'm also oh this guy but I'm also not saying I'm also not saying that whoever put this down is wrong I'm also not saying that <laughs>
0: Oh my god! I will neither confirm nor deny
2: <laughs> truthfully as far as like the the uh, Iowa class or not that or yeah Iowa class battleships go mm-hmm. um the Missouri is pretty stout. It, it yeah, very well could be the biggest, greatest ever.
1: The history is also uh, significant. What with the surrender of the Japanese and mm-hmm. uh, and then going on to being used in uh, in Desert Storm. Um, yep. You know, fifty years later is it's impressive. So now, here, what
0: is it? What is the Missouri classified as a battleship? Yes, I it guess. Is. Or is yes. It a, sir. Okay. So if it's we did, uh, they have a uh, the USS North Carolina docked at Wilmington, correct? And that also saw some uh, time in uh, uh, World War II in the Pacific, and it's uh, it actually it was damaged pretty uh, bad at one particular uh, engagement. But hmm. if you've ever had a chance to tour one of these, these things are Amazing. massive. I mean, massive. I mean, like it's like it literally is. Each one is like a floating city. The amount yeah. of stuff that they have in these, Absolutely. It's, it's crazy.
2: So I've actually toured the Missouri itself and it, it's amazing. And here's what they would tell us about it. And here's the deal. Pound for pound and firepower, it is the most destructive thing other than an atomic bomb that, uh, the militaries have ever had. The problem is its range is only about 26 miles. Right. So if it's not a coastal battle,
0: you're, you're toast. But they said. Oh, you talking about the guns? The guns? Only yes. Have a range.
2: Okay. Yes, but yeah. here, here's the deal: these guns shoot explosive shells. So I mean, they're not just shooting something that blows up a little. I mean, they're shooting on the on the, the Missouri. They have uh, nine 16-inch guns, 16-inch diameter yeah. guns. So they're shooting a shell that's like shooting a 500-pound bomb, and they can <laughs> shoot nine at a time, pretty much, or, or keep up a constant barrage. And so here's what they they what they told us in the Missouri. So as far as like kilotons of firepower that uh, between to compare an aircraft carrier in a Missouri, in what in the amount of power kilotons of firepower that an Mm -hmm. entire aircraft carrier could drop in an entire day, the Missouri could do in an hour.
1: Jeez. There you go.
2: That's how absolutely destructive these things could be. But again, you're limited by your range.
1: Well, they no. retro, during the during the desert during the Desert Storm uh, conflict, they retrofitted it to um, carry the Patriot missiles too, didn't they?
2: A little bit, yeah. But again, okay. there's only there's only so much that you can you know you can only shoot one missile, you sure, know, and, and yeah, then yeah. it's done. And granted, you can run out of ammo, but you can fit a lot more. Yeah, you can bullets. reload artillery. Yeah. Sure, you know, and so. And-
0: well, and we're, while we're talking about like uh, impressive battleships, uh, the Japanese battleship Musashi yeah, was sure. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have had any knowledge of this particular boat, but no. this uh, that thing. It, I mean, this it took an estimated, I think, nineteen torpedoes and seventeen bombs to Holy take this cow. thing. Jeez.
1: Holy cow!
0: Yeah, this thing was a beast. Wow. And uh, the, it was a Yamato um, class battleship, and I think they had—I t- want to say they had two. But <laughs> cool. yeah, the, it was a—it was a pretty in, intensive um, uh, piece of hardware. Sounds yeah. Like speaking
1: it. speaking of the size, I was able to, uh, um, in my younger days, I we actually toured the Alabama in Mobile, mm-hmm. um, and it's just—it's it, one of the s- most Singularly impressive things that I've ever seen. It's it was fascinating. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, and you've and you've met me, right? Yeah. Was it there was was there there a joke there? (laughs) (laughs) No, there wasn't. So Hatfield, exactly. Exactly. So Hatfield. A lot of people. A lot of people think that I've got a face for radio. Well, zero sex appeal, so. Well, you know, I, I've got, I, I get that. I get that. I'm, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, you know. Uh, February 1st, 1960, uh, near and dear to my heart, just down the road from Durham, North Carolina, is Greensboro. The uh, Greensboro Four uh, staged their first uh, sit-in at the uh, Woolworth Company um you had Joseph McNeil, uh Franklin McCain, uh Ezell Blair Jr. uh he actually changed his name. Uh he doesn't cons- he doesn't go by Izell. Uh I can't think of I'll need to look that up. And uh David Richmond. Uh they're all uh students at North Carolina Agriculture and uh, Agricultural and Technical uh, Technical State University. And They finally said, you know, we need to do something about this. This is obviously during the Jim Crow era. They go down to the Bullworth where they had the whites only lunch counter. And they came in and they bought stuff. They bought like a notebook just to say, hey, we're customers. Because, you know, they they already know what the steps are that people are going to take to throw these people out. So they go in, they purchase something. They, hey, we're a customer. I've got a receipt here and that kind of stuff. And they sit down. And the first day was, you know, the the staff and the manager did not know what to do because they're like, <laughs> you guys need to go ahead and leave. And they're like, um, no. And so they're like, oh, well, th- th- that's all I had planned for. I don't know what to do next. <laughs> I usually will leave. But um, and then they wind up coming back and, <clears throat> and coming back and coming back. And it spawns. Um, a sit-in uh, movement across the south uh, southeast, and uh, but yeah, um, the that particular building because of that, it winds up actually, if I'm correct, having a somewhat of a negative impact on the businesses in downtown Greensboro, and it create because you know people stay away because it cre- it makes a flashpoint. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So people, you know, it's hurting businesses because they're having to shut down because, you know, you've got people that are coming in wanting to kind of rough up the individuals who are doing the sit-ins. And you've got people, more and more uh, black and white students that are coming in to participate in the sit-ins to um, to kind of help out. And uh, they eventually wind up making that building into the uh, Civil Rights Museum down Interesting. in oh, cool. uh, greensboro so it's uh nice we went uh, on a field trip this past week took the students down to uh, the carolina theater in downtown durham to watch a movie called february one which was about that so oh neat. so, so yeah. trivia do you
2: know where that counter is now
0: i'm wanting to say it's at the uh, smithsonian that's what i would have guessed um i I thought maybe but um I thought maybe they still had part of it at the museum and maybe they do but um to my understanding I think uh, they probably the building sat empty so chances are I don't think they had plans to really make that into a museum at the time so I have a feeling that the and I could be wrong I need to go down there and see uh see I haven't the museum hasn't uh well I guess the museum's been open for about. Maybe better part of a decade now, hmm. but um, I think it's in uh, the uh, Smithsonian. Okay, because I think I've seen it in the Smithsonian.
2: Yes, it, you are correct. In fact, in the last remodel that they did, it is now featured very prominently, prominently in its own section, uh, in, in uh, the uh, a new section uh, that is kind of about becoming us and dealing with some of the um, tensions. That uh, we have, but uh, we have reached out. Uh, I've reached out to the Smithsonian American History; they'd be interested in coming on. Maybe we should see oh, yeah. if they talk about that particular artifact and, and that particular Yeah, that exhibit.
0: would be nice. That'd be yeah, really be nice. nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let, 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 uh, I'll see if I can get back to him. It took him a while to get back to me the first time, and I responded and said I'd let him know more, and I never gave him anything. So I'll reach out to him again and see if we can find uh, someone from the Smithsonian American History, and we could talk a little bit about. Uh, the Greensboro 4 and what that artifact means and and we can talk about the process probably of how they got it and I'm I'm sure there's some other things in the museum we can ask about. Um but yeah we'll we'll throw that out there. I'll I'll get a hold of them again. Cool. All right yeah, Mo- moving good. right along. February first of nineteen sixty four Indiana governor Matthew Walsh tries to ban the song Louie Louie for obscenity.
0: Yes, I remember you remember um, that I, I, old, I, I, no 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 <laughs> no i had a we got a uh i'm wanting to say we had a, a 45 of that that we would play and i remember my parents telling me that back in the day that was considered like very scandalous
2: mm, kind of like why? you know
0: with a elvis presley shaking his hips and stuff like that how dare they you know and um
2: when I was in so, band, yeah. there were two songs that uh, three songs that everybody knew just by heart. And like you could whip <laughs> it out and play it time. One was the national anthem, two was the uh, school song, and three was Louie Louie.
0: Huh. I would have sworn it would be something from bananas at large. No.
1: Oh, that's true. Good point.
0: Yeah. No. See, I know. I'm thinking I'm trying to harken back to the You
2: olden- should be nice. I've been How very nice done? on this episode. That was reaching back, man.
0: <laughs> I, I'm just trying to say, I'm trying to incorporate. I'm not overly yeah, familiar with the with the you know bananas at large, but That's you know a
1: call to like an early episode. Oh, good yeah. job. Yeah.
0: Look at you. No, I, you know, I learned stuff. Oh, by the way, real quick, um uh Ezell Blair Jr or uh Alexander Blair Jr. Uh, goes by Jabril Kazan. He had uh, okay. changed his name. So Jabril Kazan is okay. his name. Interesting. So, yeah.
2: Okay, all right. Okay. I appreciate your looking up on Wikipedia of that uh,
0: stuff. Oh, Jesus, here we go! My God, oh, let me crap.
1: let me just go ahead and do this. January thirty first, nineteen sixty eight, <laughs> in Vietnam, the Tet Offensive begins as Viet Cong and North Vietnamese soldiers attack strategic and civilian locations throughout South Vietnam.
2: The Tet Offensive, I've heard of it.
0: Yep. In fact, For New Year's. The Tet was the uh, New Year's, um, so they, uh, yeah, I talked to him, and that was... Uh, but
2: it's the Viet- pretty... the Chinese or Vietnamese New Year, though.
0: Yeah, and that's, yeah. A, it's, um uh, I don't, uh, Vietnam is another one that I'm not uh, overly familiar with. I had a, a friend of mine who, who did serve in Vietnam that gave me a book called A Bright Shining Lie that he said was probably his favorite book on it because he felt like it had encompassed. So um, I've got that book, and I'm chomping at the bit uh, to read that but i'm so ocd about my nerdathon that i have got to get up to that (laughs) point so (laughs) i've got to read them in order yeah, I mean, I'm still stuck in the 1830s. I'm reading that George Caitlin, you know, notes on the, uh, you know, Native Americans. And I'm kind of like, okay, I'm I'm tired of the Jackson administration. Right. I'm tired of this. The, I mean, a lot of the thing is a lot of stuff happens in 1830s. I'm just like, I feel like that's kind of like the golden age of stuff happening in <laughs> um, pre-Civil War. And I'm just kind of like, I'm sick of the 1830s. I want to move on, uh, you know follow frederick Douglass and lincoln and all that kind of stuff going on so well with like any
1: good movie on tv you need to edit it for time and content which just trim it up a little bit you know i wish i
0: could (laughs) if i could just cast this you know i mean because the george caitlin book is really interesting but i just can't you know i I can't (laughs) skip over it because he's talking about various things that the mandan indians are doing and you know uh, how they dress and all that kind of stuff. And some of this is interesting, but I'm like, okay, let's wrap it up, you know, but <laughs> I got OCD when it comes to this. I'm like, I, it will always haunt me unless I finish it up. So sure.
2: All right. Fair enough. What else you got for us? Hatfield?
0: Uh, uh, January 30th, 1976, the U S Supreme court bans spending limits in campaigns, uh, equating funds with freedom of speech.
2: And that's why I have been getting as many phone calls, flyers, letters, <laughs> emails, and text messages as I've gotten. It's gotten worse in the last week since we talked.
1: Why well, is there something went, big uh, happening in, a, in yeah, Iowa? I don't, don't understand what's going on. Iowa, <laughs>
2: as you well know, the Iowa caucuses are tomorrow. Because mm. uh, we're filming mm. this, well, today by the time this comes
0: out. So, like, if, like the like the Caucasus Mountains in um, right. in Europe. So, this is kind of like a, it's like a Mountain Heritage Day kind of thing in Iowa. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Is this a, is this, never mind. (laughs) It's going to make a really inappropriate joke. Never mind.
0: (laughs) Hence the Caucasian stuff. (laughs) Is that what's going on here? Is this,
1: is this code language? What's going on? I
0: know. Is this a a dog whistle of (laughs) 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 sorts? This is how big of a nerd nerds we are. I mean, able to take the Iowa caucuses and turn it into middle was it Eastern blocky European dog whistles. I mean, that's like what? So many people are like, "What? What is wrong with these guys? What's going
1: I on?" I don't. They lost me four minutes ago. I don't understand. <laughs> uh. All I'm
2: going to say is that my state. Never did anything with the Confederacy. What were you trying to say? <laughs> I got nothing better.
1: I, I let, really have let, nothing better. Let, let, the, boy let, let, him let the
0: boy talk. Let the boy talk. I has got I, something to say. He's a man. He's trying to be a man. Let him talk. All right.
2: <laughs> I, I'm done. I, nope, that's it. I, I got nothing. <laughs>
0: I got nothing. I, my brain is fried. I'm glad you brought up the whole uh, war of northern aggression.
2: <laughs> uh, let's just say that things were taken care of the appropriate way when uh, my good man Sherman marched to the sea oh, and cleared a swath oh through uh, oh you know, South go. Carolina Here we go. and Georgia. Here we go.
0: And, you um, know, actually, when I was in uh, Louisville a couple of summers ago at a conference for project based learning, there was a building that had um, a plaque on the outside that said that this is where uh, Sherman met with, I'm wanting to say, Grant about his march to the sea. Really? Hmm. So, oh. yeah, in Louisville and Lovell, Kentucky. So, um, <laughs> And I was born in Atlanta, so that hurts me twice, Rude. Thanks for
2: I feel twisting
0: better. the little knife in there.
2: Well, I feel better after all the pot shots you've taken, even though you've never hey, been here.
1: Have you had anybody show up at your house? Have you had a candidate knock on your door yet? Or
2: A candidate themselves? No. Uh, their okay. staff members? Yeah. I had... Uh, let's see. So we were in Chicago. I was gone for two days. I had six flyers in the mailbox and three, oh my gosh. and three God. notes stuck to the door <laughs> which means that there was three candidate representatives at my door while I was So trying. okay six, so, six,
1: mailed, six mailed flyers or things they stuck in your mailbox
0: six mailed flyers
1: Okay, I was gonna say because that uh, that's a federal offense. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, no.
0: <laughs> well, let me let me let me ask real quick. What is I mean? Can we do a concise discussion real quick about what the importance of the Iowa caucuses are?
2: So the Iowa caucuses are the same thing as your primary. Uh, the only difference is we take a little longer approach to it here in Iowa than than most of
0: you do. So uh, well, it pro- takes a lot longer for you guys to get from your farms onto the mm. paved roads into the city. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, Mm. because, you know, once we get back inside uh, into the towns there, we have to have a potluck and and a a gathering and, uh, you know, we have to have a meet and greet because it's been months since we talked to each other because, you know, we live so far away. And then finally we get to talking about the politics after we get through all the other stuff so that we're all calmed down and then eventually we go home and put putt, putt back home on the tractor. Hey, man
1: easy,
0: easy. <laughs> easy me Methinks me think, me I touched upon a nerve <laughs> are you, you, you okay, wow. that, you was okay? A, that was a glorious rant that was a glorious rant rude I, I applaud you I applaud you
2: no the but, caucuses are no different than a primary other than instead oh of having oh the boy. polls open all day so here's the thing we are in caucus primary season The way it works is we are the the two parties are selecting their candidates that they're going to put up for election in the general election in the fall. Yes. So right now, this has everything to do with election. It has nothing to do with the election. So like the actual election process, this isn't part of the federal election. It's the part where we get to the part (laughs) where we put up the people that we're going to vote for eventually. So if you're a registered Democrat, you can – Caucus or go vote in a primary for your party's people. So if you're a
1: okay. if you're a
0: Republican, can, ind- can independents vote? No, in you both? have
2: no. You have to be registered.
1: Okay, okay so oh, Iowa I mean, is a state where you're uh, registered either way.
0: Correct. So I, so like in okay. North Carolina, I'm registered as an independent, so I could vote in Republican and I believe Democratic uh, primary. And
1: in, in Missouri, we don't register as one or any, so we can. See, I'm, I mean,
2: I'm we,
0: surprised we they
1: let you do We select the ballot on primary day, but we don't pre-register as anything.
2: So when you go, you go to the same spot, whether you're Republican or Democrat or independent, yes. and say, I want the Republican ballot or the Democrat ballot? Correct. Okay, so that's how they do well, it. Okay. Well, I
0: don't think they have the primary on this. I mean, right, it's, it's, well, I don't know. That's a good question.
2: So in in Iowa, so here's the deal. What are the caucuses? It's a primary. We are selecting mountains, who we support here. Uh, but instead of having the polls open... What?
0: Nothing. Go ahead. Continue. So,
2: so instead of having polls open from 10 o'clock to 8 o'clock for, for primary races, like they do in most other states, we have an, a set time. So at 7 o'clock, they're going to close the doors, and who, who's ever in those areas or in the building will go to your precinct, and your precinct will start the process, and basically they'll say, all right, if you support this candidate, stand here. If you support, the, the support this candidate, stand here. Um, and you'll you'll go around and you have to have, I think it's 10% to have a viable candidate.
0: So you're not even, it's not even a ballot. You guys actually have open, like we you're showing yeah, who you're supporting. There.
2: And here's the thing. So if you have, so like, and I think we're down to like 13 Democratic um, candidates. But so, and Delaney's got, uh, Tom Steyer is one of the ones that's still in there. Um, so he's, he's not been doing great in Iowa. I don't know how many delegates he's got. But so like right now I would I would expect um Biden, Bernie Sanders, Buttigieg and Warren for sure to be viable candidates meaning that they have enough people representing them there that they will basically be counted. If you don't have a viable candidate, I've seen this happen where like uh there's one person standing uh, in the corner, and say we'll just say it's it's for Tom Steyer. If he's not a viable candidate in the caucus or in our precinct, then what happens is you can't vote for him, uh, and then the other groups can make a pitch to those people for why you should go and support their candidate. So it's kind of fun to watch, actually. Um, hmm. And and in in bigger places with a little bit more presence of like I don't, uh, the uh, like the the official like hardcore. Uh, party people um that you'll have a little bit more like people are assigned to make pitches for that, but like in around here we don't have a ton of that. You know we've got like all the locals, so we all know each other for the most part or are familiar with each other. So you've got you just got like well I like them for this reason I like them for this reason. Well why don't you like them? Oh well, I don't like them for that reason. You know and some of it's really well thought and some of it's really ignorant and it's it's interesting. But at the end of the day it it acts the same as a primary. It's just we do it all together you know, in a single time in a single location.
0: But and- it's basically the first. Of these Correct. contests. So that's probably why it's so much um, right. focuses
2: on. Now, here's the here's the thing. That is the beginning of the process. So when you get your delegates from the county process or from the precinct process, then it goes to a county process. So each pre- county at a later date, like three, four weeks from now, will have another caucus where delegates from the precincts will go to the county convention and then you, they, they do the same thing all over again. And the numbers stay pretty close to the same. Then from the county, it goes to the state level. And you have to report down to the state. You, you pick people to, from your, your caucus to report down to the state. And you go to Des Moines and you do it again. And that's in like April or May. And then from there, they choose the delegates that actually go to the national convention. Hmm. That's why it's so early is because a caucus takes longer. Where with, huh. the pro- with the primary, what's going to happen is you guys are going to go vote. It's going to be decided, and then the political parties will decide who the delegates de- delegates are going to be for each representative. Or really, the caucus, the uh, the the not the caucuses, the uh, the candidates will choose who their delegates from each state are going to be, and they they pick people that are going to be loyal to them that are going to go to the national convention and vote for them. Oh, sure. So that that is the difference. I hope that helps.
0: Okay. No, I mean it's it's. Um... Uh, it's an it's it's an interesting it's an interesting perspective from someone who's already exhausted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about for me, so. yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sick of it at this point.
0: You're <laughs> like you are, you're kind of like almost at Hatfield level rant about certain things, <laughs> and I apologize for that. No, 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 no. no I, I I applaud you. I in fact I I stand in silent awe.
2: You know we've been like I, I'm not kidding. We've been dealing with this. Uh, Tom Steyer has been campaigning. No, Delaney. Delaney was campaigning in Iowa six months after the last election.
1: <laughs> you know, what's awesome is I have no clue who that is.
2: Exactly. He just dropped out.
1: Tom,
0: <laughs> who, 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 wait, which one? Who, is it, who, Jim who Delaney. Is it again? Jim Delaney. Oh, yeah. The name's familiar. Yeah, I, can, I swear. It's kind of like. And Tom
2: Steyer has been. <laughs> Tom Steyer has had stuff on TV Uh, for the last year and a half, uh, two years almost. So, I mean, we you know, the political commercials get old, and in Iowa it gets really old because every four years you're going to get hit with it from nine months before caucuses and now it'll we'll get a little bit of a break here. It won't be quite as much because they're not the candidates aren't going to sink as much money in right now. But is going to be another battleground state, so you can bet every last cent in your in your, your butt pocket right now that uh, come June and July it's going to be heating back up, and it's going to be constant. I mean, I'm not kidding. In in October and and uh, you know even September, you watch TV and if you have six ads in between during a, a commercial break. Five of them will be political ads.
1: Goodness gracious!
2: You know, and and maybe that maybe it's that yeah, way all over it, the country, but that's what I it's like here.
0: Get a little. What's what I'm looking for? Tedious.
2: It does, and it's to the point sure. where people say, "You know what? I don't even want to go to caucus anymore because I'm sick of talking about it." Right. You know, and I'm not kidding. I got I got three phone calls on the drive home today. I had all the stuff on the door. I got two text messages this morning, and my wife got a phone call and a text message. Oh boy. <laughs> And it's everybody saying, "Hey, you know, here's your caucus location." Like, yeah, I know where it is.
1: Anyway, <laughs> I'm
2: I'm done with that. We, we need to we need to move on here.
1: Well, you get the last uh, this weekend. Yeah,
2: a little bit more poignant and uh, <laughs> something that is not something to rant about. Uh, January twenty eighth of nineteen eighty six, February first of two thousand three, NASA experiences two of the worst disasters in their history. Probably well, right up there with the one we talked about. Last week, with the uh, fire uh, during Apollo One, mm-hmm. um, as the Challenger explodes, 70, explodes seventy-three seconds into flight um, uh, upon uh, launch, and then the Space Shuttle Columbia disintegrates during re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere, killing all seven astronauts aboard. In both cases,
0: I'm wanting to say I thought I think I was in either elementary school. I think I was in elementary school. No, no, no. 86 so maybe it was uh, I was in middle school at that point that was like uh, whew, I remember that that was just kind of like, yeah. like because it's like it, it felt like at that point we just never got anything wrong right you know and it was like oh you're going up to space ah, no big deal we'll see you when you get back and then having that sort of thing happen and, then, and like September 11th they showed it over and over and over mm-hmm. on TV right. and that was like it was a like, Incredibly shocking, especially since uh, when Kristen McAuliffe was on there, it was the teacher, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was in the fourth grade, and I remember it being a huge deal because in fourth grade, you're still like, you know, your teacher is your hero, and um, and it was one of those things that uh, it really, really was like, whoa, what just happened? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, not- it's it's still hard to make sense of even today. Yeah.
2: yeah, and not to make light of it because it obviously was a big deal. But I, I was not even one year old yet. I have no recollection of yeah. that one, and uh, I oh do kind God. of remember Columbia. But I feel like Columbia hasn't gotten its due—not grieving, but you know the due publicity about it. You know, Chall- Challenger was the big one because it happened first. Um, but Columbia was a bad yeah. deal, and of course, they—they, yeah. they, I know they—they they found the uh, the Columbia crew. Still in their seats, and established no. that they probably had not died. They probably free fell into the ocean.
0: Oh jeez, yeah.
2: you know, that's and, all- that, and that's just heartbreaking. That's that exactly. I mean, uh, skydiving is one thing, but holy cow!
1: Yeah, really, that's not yeah. the way
0: to do it. Yeah, that's that would be just that. That it's kind of like the. Um, it makes me think of uh, the Kursk. Um, the, yeah. uh, the Russian submarine that, um, sank. Oh yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: they had, um, you know, they were finally able to raise it. This is I oh, God, uh, 20 years ago, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they raised the Kursk and I mean, there were people that had, that had left like notes. And I mean, so they, they had a slow suffocating death in that. So, I mean, I, that, so that kind of stuff is, yes, yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. So. But um, why don't we take a moment and switch gears? Yeah, yeah. And yes. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's take a break, and we'll come back and uh, talk about uh, what we're going to be talking about today.
2: All right. To the break we go. Back after this. Back with you here on the History Bros. This is Jason Rude, joined along with Jason Hatfield and Brian Geldmacher, and uh, I have a theory, um, a conspiracy theory that I th- I think is accurate. I think you're both after me.
1: Do you?
0: I do. Well and, and, these, and your proof, sir. Well, uh what proof? What what is this proof of which you speak? There's hat, no need for proof.
2: Hatfield well uh, just just ask things that never mind. I no <laughs> first of all I almost got political.
0: Me, no, no, let me just easily uh offer a rebuttal. Okay. Neither Geldmacher nor I know where you live. That's not true. Geldmacher knows where I live. That's true, I do. Okay, you're both creepy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Irregardless, yeah. sir. I, I I, think if I were
0: after you, then I would have done the whole Google search online and <laughs> had, hey, look, there's a pool and there's this and that. <laughs> um, for the record, I haven't done that.
2: Uh, that's I, not but, true. But I know
0: somebody who has.
2: You tried to do it, <laughs> and it didn't work. It's true, we did. Don't lie. That's you both funny. tried to, and it didn't work. And the only reason why Hatfield, not Hatfield, but Geldmacher was able to figure out where I live is because he saw a picture from out my front window and used context clues in the background to
0: figure oh, out. Oh, look at you being smart and stuff. I know.
2: <laughs> but conspiracies are the topic for us today here. Uh, we had a, a bit of a long run in that last uh, opening segment, but the good stuff all around. Um, but, uh, we're going to talk about conspiracies and no, it is not the conspiracy of how Hatfield is looking to come and find, uh, uh come to, to Iowa and hang out in my tree. First off, we cut down the tree, so you, you can't hang out in the tree in my yard. Well, you can hang out in the backyard, but I don't care about that one. Um, and no, it's not the let's, conspiracy let's, of how Geldmockers.
0: Let's, let's not try to flatter ourselves too much here. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's pump the brakes here. There. Fonzie.
2: So, anyway, uh, it is not the conspiracy in which Geldmacher is going to come here. I know who Fonzie is. Happy days. Hey, where's the leather jacket? Rides a
0: motorcycle. (laughs) Was Fonzie Canadian? All right, continue. No, he was from Wisconsin. That was (laughs) A. Oh, boy. Yeah. They're not all all gems, but how do you know unless you give it a shot? So, what's up? Listen right. to
2: my forced, forced laughter.
1: You know what I? All have right. To
0: so say? we're talking about conspiracy theories. <laughs> As he changes um, it changes.
1: <laughs> are we focusing, or is this a generic?
2: Well, I think we're gonna gonna focus on the JFK conspiracy okay. in general. I so. uh, that's,
0: that's oh, what oh I Are we? Uh, we're focusing on one specific one.
2: Oh well, that's one what I, you guys didn't yeah. communicate back to me. So I set up for no, one, no, but no. you tell me
1: this is it's one specific event in which there are. A multitude of conspiracy oh. theories.
0: Okay, so I uh, see this is we're all recording this, and this shows how very little planning we've done <laughs> yeah, in a this particular a little
2: bit,
3: Apparently,
0: I, I came up with a with a, kind of a different one from that altogether that oh. may not necessarily be a cons a conspiracy by definition. But there are uh-huh. um, issues are surrounding it that. Um,
2: well, then let's do that.
0: Well, no, I mean we can. No, you we can know, come back we, to
2: JFK. But I, I here's the thing, Hatfield. As much crap as I give you, usually if you're talking about something, it's probably interesting. So now you got my interest. Uh, you got my my interest peaked and I want to hear what you have to say about it.
0: Uh, about about the one that I was <laughs> yes. I was going to pick. Yes. Well, okay.
2: Um, <laughs> he doesn't know what to he's like. Wait, Rude's not giving me crap about being bald or being on Wikipedia? What do I do now?
0: So um, in, I believe it was, um, so around 1898, there is a Swedish immigrant by the name of Olaf Omen, who is clearing his fields.
2: Flurgy, flurgy, flur. Oh, you're going to talk about the Cardiff Giant.
0: No.
1: Was oh, cool. He's going to talk about the runestone. The runestone. Yes. Aha. So
0: um, he is clearing trees, and he uh, he topples a uh, a poplar, a thirty-five, I believe, year old poplar uh, on the in his backyard, and in that in the roots or ruts, if you're from Minnesota, uh, in the roots As of this tree is a two hundred and two pound slab of stone and as they they're kind of like well this is kind of weird i mean it seems very like um uh what's the word i'm looking for deliberate there's like it's it's formed it's not like just a random piece of stone sure. so they notice that there's some stuff that's on it so they wash it off and it has runes carved into them yes and so um he uh he brings neighbors over they take a look at it they can't Distinguish what it means, and so he writes the runes down, and they send them off to uh, various um. What's the word for someone who's I guess linguists? Yes. I guess yeah, linguists. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I believe it comes into that um, eight Goths and twenty two um. Northmen um, on a, a journey from Vinland to the West had camped uh, to um, two days journey north from this stone. They fished one day and we came home and found 10 men red with blood and dead saved from evil. And it says that um, there's some other things that were written on it. This is obviously paraphrased. And it is dated on the side of the stone, 1362. Hmm. Um, I think it's 1362. Is it 1362? Yeah, yeah 1362. It. And um, so obviously we know that, um, and the thing is, is that there's uh, – they wrote it down, they sent them off and apparently it's virtually universally considered to be a forgery. Okay. But um, because there's a lot of things, there's a lot of political things that are happening at this time. Um, First of all, uh, one of the things that's kind of fascinating is that if you read, as I was talking earlier Um, the George Caitlin book, one of the things that he talks about concerning the Mandan is that some of them have um, instead of black hair, some of them have red hair. And in some cases, I believe blue eyes Hmm. and they have no understanding as to why some of these individuals look differently because they have no knowledge of having any sort of interaction with, um, Europeans prior to the arrival of Lewis and Clark. So you think that if um, uh, Eric or Leif Erickson yep. had um, uh, Leif, landed life, or life, whatever, the, the Vikings had landed in 1000 AD, because around this time, There was a strong belief that the Italians were the first ones because of Christopher Columbus, that the Italians had discovered America. So the a lot of um, uh, the Scandinavians in this area believed that uh, Vikings were the first ones. And they had, you know, legend had been passed down and no one really believed them. And I think during one of the. Uh, world's fairs i believe um swedish that was they were they were going to um i think this i can't remember where this was there's a fantastic there's a really interesting that you can find online a very interesting documentary called um uh holy grail in america and i remember watching it uh some years ago and it's pretty long but it's kind of compelling for something that could probably be easily dismissed as, say, like Bat Boy in, like you know, the National Enquirer. But <laughs> the way that they really set this up, I mean, it kind of you think, okay, well, uh, Scandinavians get here one thousand A.D. We know that um, their settlements were abandoned, but in uh, the Mandan territory and along the Upper Missouri, they have you know people that represent you know that have European features. Sure. And then in Minnesota, you have this rune stone that, um, apparently there's a belief. Oh, th- they believe that Olaf Omen had had carved this up, and I guess had wrapped the roots around this in i mean they must have buried it and then put a you know tree on top of it 35 years prior is the only way that i think that could have possibly worked out but in that holy grail in america they did some uh research and i mean there was some uh evidence to suggest that maybe it was older than that Hmm. but um there was a, a contention between scandinavians and the italians as to who actually founded north america And this is before they actually had the evidence that came out, I believe in the 1960s about the, uh, the Viking settlements um, up North. And so it kind of, I mean, it's, it's again, I don't know. um, They have um, the uh, Kensington runestone museum where they have it on display, but um, a lot of people consider it to be a forgery, but this, uh, Holy Grail in America video um, actually uh, poses the possibility that it's legitimate, right? And um, it's a uh, you know, and given the politics of the time, there are certain things that kind of it just it 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 creates probably more questions than it answers. But um, there's uh, the the Holy Grail in America video suggests that it was uh, Knights Templar. That were trying to uh, find a place to once they were um, essentially um, attacked by the King of France and deemed to be heretics and stuff, a lot of them fled and wound up you know going to various locations, so they were trying to suggest that perhaps the Holy Grail made its way here
1: well as, as you know, many of treasure. them deposited their treasure on Oak Island. And uh...
0: (laughs) they that's the first I had heard of it was this was this documentary. Really? They do talk. They do talk Ah. about that.
1: Okay, there you go.
0: They said that that one particular island looks different from a lot of the other islands in the area. And they thought it was possible to that. They had planted specific trees to be able to make that island stand out from the others. But again, you know, it's I mean, it's just it's. It's one of the fascinating ones that I've watched that huh. um, that brings up some uh, pretty interesting points. But whether it's legit or not, I don't know. But you know, there's uh, there's possible agendas that are in play. Um, but uh, Olaf Omen would eventually sell it for. I'm wanting to say, um, see, um, according to what I can. Kensington runestone, yeah. Um, apparently they say that the uh, copy of the inscription was given to the University of Minnesota. Actually, um, uh, and Olas Breda, professor of Scandinavian languages and literature at the Scandinavian uh, department, declared the stone to be a forgery. Um, and a bunch of other historians said the same. And then it was sent to Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. And the scholars dismissed it as a prank or felt unable to identify a sustainable historical context. Um, and then he would wind up selling the stone for $10 oh. in, in 1911. He
2: sold it to the uh, Historical Society, did he not?
0: Um, Minnesota Historical Society has a bill of sale right? Uh, showing that he sold it to them for $10. But there's a museum
2: yeah, in um, that,
0: kind of, that has that. But uh, but I, I just find that to be fascinating. But it's, you know, I guess you could classify that as a conspiracy theory.
2: It, it is. You know, I, I would. Yeah, uh, sure. It is. You know, obviously, especially if, if it was some type of. And we don't know what Olaf was really thinking. Obviously, this is I mean, this is not that close to me. But Minnesota is not far from me. Um, so, I, I mean, I've heard about the runestones and of course. Uh, Leif Erikson is a a name that is familiar to me. Um, In my hometown, there's a Leif Erikson Drive that's one of the busier streets in town. Um, uh, Which is crazy. Why? Because
1: why would that be a thing?
2: Because it's a Norwegian town.
1: Well, uh, because there was a history of Norwegians in the area,
2: maybe? Correct. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Going going back to 1362,
2: possibly? Who knows?
1: Possibly. (laughs) Possibly.
2: And so that's the thing. I mean, we know that we, we have proven... And not by we. I don't mean me, but it's been proven that people from Scandinavia, probably Norway, um, were in in um, Newfoundland around the year 1000. That that's been found, and it's been proven, or maybe not even Newfoundland. Well, yeah, northeast or eastern Canada, basically. We know that for a fact. So then the question becomes: Did they explore deeper, and there was no other evidence left? But that's the thing. You think that you would have found something had they come that far up because they either would have had to stop at some point to, you know, whatever. So I don't know. It, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a it's a very interesting thing. And that's not the only runestone that's ever been found, but none of them have ever been confirmed to be genuine.
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot of questions about why if, they place this rune stone in the middle of this field. Um, why they would, hey, we're in the process of, you know, traveling and all these people were killed and we're going to put this here. And it's in, you know, runic inscriptions that not many people can read. Right. So right. what was the purpose of doing that? But um, um, especially in the 13, I don't know how predominant, uh runic inscriptions were in the thirteen sixties, but um yeah, I don't know, but I just I find it to be incredibly fascinating um um but yeah, it's um when I read it when I watched that documentary, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> but um, yeah, the more Seems that I've so read obvious, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, this is no ancient aliens right,
1: right, right, i mean um pff, I that's mean, legitimate. Come on. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, the Runestone. There's obviously a lot of flabbiness going on. Whereas Ancient Aliens. That's. I mean, you, that's pretty airtight. Right. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. But um. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As I look at the Runestone Museum, uh, it says, "Please note this page." Oh, okay. Well, first of all, the Kensington <laughs> Runestone Museum. Um, if you click on the Runestone headline, it says, "Please note this page soon to be remodeled." Uh-huh. uh-huh. For more information there about the Kensington runestone in our museum, please see the about page. Um there it is. Their, their first line, we have the Kensington Runestone in our museum in bold. And uh so yeah, it's like hey, but just please know <laughs> this page soon to be remodeled. <laughs>
1: okay. Or will it be?
0: You know, I think uh, I think it's a conspiracy. I think it's the Illuminati
1: <laughs> oh, trying,
0: trying to, oh boy. to I mean it's trying to cover the tracks of the um the Templars that are trying to um Oh, oh boy overthrow the government. Listen. All of the
1: academics that said this is ridiculous, this is a this is a forgery. I clearly they have something to hide, right?
0: It's 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 all obviously uh, you know, uh, an indoctrinating agenda that they've
2: uh. got. Listen here, set. Hatfield. This is the problem when you keep all these cryptic things and don't tell us what you're thinking in advance and we have to react to all these wild things that you come up with.
0: <laughs> yeah? I mean, that's what makes it so fun. I no, mean, hello,
2: dude. I am looking at the guy's phone number and email address. We could have gotten a hold of the director and had a con- had them comment uh, on
0: this because you know he would have come on. He, I guarantee he <laughs> would have. What else he's well, got to do? Yeah, Minnesota. Well, well then, hey, you know, maybe we should uh, try and contact this person. Um, it's uh, was it? Uh, it looks like the email is big ol Oh boy, easy. Easy. But, um, so well, you know, I don't know who this guy is, but hey, we could, uh, yeah, we they could. Uh, we it's could director do...
2: at Roomstone. Why not?
0: Why not? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't want him to think because I, I'm sincerely, I'm like, hey, this is kind of a, a fascinating thing, but you know, of course, it would be kind of disappointing if he gets on and says, yeah, it's kind of fake. this is
1: not a thing we <laughs> subscribe to. Anymore.
0: <laughs> we have it next to uh, Dog Boy.
1: Right Uh, right in the museum. And the second gun from the Kennedy assassination.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) Wait. Wait, now you're trying to say that's fake?
1: (laughs) I'm hey man, ancient aliens. (coughs) I just I just dropped the mic. You didn't hear I dropped the mic. I don't know what that means.
0: Please please don't drop your mic. We've had so many problems (laughs) with your mic. Oh my god. (laughs) we could we could reach out and see if that guy would um would like to hop on and um let's see there's one comment
1: in all seriousness i do remember seeing something on this uh i mean back when the history channel actually showed stuff about history um i remember Uh, i know shut up uh and and i found this to be now that granted this was probably back when i was in my you know late teens so impressionable youth as i was uh I think the argument that they made was it, it made sense. You know, they came here, they were here, we know that. Um, why wouldn't they have sought out, you know, it's not like these were um it's not like these were missionaries who, you know, were just coming to spread religion. These guys were, you know, these guys were were the Norsemen. They were, you know, rough and tumble type type of guys who would uh get out there and see what there was to see is it hard is it far-fetched to believe that they would have stopped at the coastline and not gone in um and what's the purpose of the runestone what i mean if if something tragic happens to a place where you're staying and, and you want to mark the occasion wouldn't you do something similar um so i i get it i get it i mean do i buy into it as a 100 percent? maybe not necessarily but i could see how it could be a thing that
0: well, it would be uh, it would be a, a fairly elaborate hoax, right. To plant a tree on <laughs> something that you've you know, and then waited like thirty five years, right? And then kind of be like, and then have that. I, I I just I don't understand what the purpose of that hoax would be. I mean, I can understand like when you when you place two false birth announcements in a hawaii newspaper in an effort to run interference for your child who's not a citizen to run for president sure of course but you know
3: <laughs> i can't even say that with a straight face <laughs> but you know i, hey man, I got it
0: for, for anybody out there wondering that was the birther uh, right uh, the the birther kind of thing so, are you
2: talking about the whole Obama thing <sighs> yes
0: who was behind that thanks for thanks for joining us rude it it was, was uh, an, uh, obviously it was uh it was his mom his mom had put into fake birth announcement <laughs> right. um because she knew that he would want to run for president in oh. however many years from I that believe
1: time. it was either the uh the rubes over at Fox News or it was someone in the Hillary campaign take your pick doesn't matter.
0: Um, The first (laughs) I I had heard about it was uh, a website called World Net Daily. There you go. um, That uh, I will not say who I know. It wasn't me, uh, but they had posted it on Facebook. And I was kind of like, and the first thing I'm thinking is of all the vetting that they do in Congress and with taxes and stuff. But yet you found the smoking gun. You have found the smoking gun. (laughs) and um and yeah and then the 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 first fake birth certificate came out (laughs) and then uh which was uh ripped to pieces because the individuals there did not know the history of kenya at that particular (laughs) point um which i didn't either but it was kind of fascinating to see oh look see we found his actual birth certificate and then come to find out actually no uh it was not this particular uh territory at this particular time and so then another what? one came out and then everyone was like oh well now they found the real one it's like how many times are you going to let that hook just kind of dig into your cheek <laughs> i mean as as seriously takes,
2: as many as it takes
0: but okay. yeah and i i still uh know people who still believe that or he's not um
1: yeah that's something i mean <laughs> Stuff doesn't go away. I mean, once people get something in their heads that may or may not be true. And I think that has to do with the fact that I would think it's safe to say that Americans are skeptical by nature. Is that fair?
2: I think we all like to think that it's not what. Yeah,
1: I think people are we we all. Oh, no, that must be exactly what it is. Or
0: I I think that there is a majority of us that are. Um, Well, uh, okay. well, let's say
1: maybe that's not entirely true.
0: Well, let's think about it. I mean, skeptical. How many times have your parents forwarded a chain email that had something that was absolutely ridiculously false?
1: Well, I don't know. But all I know is that. uh,
0: (laughs) I I know Denzel Washington wrote a checkout for an entire uh, hospital for veterans.
1: Well, I don't know if you know no, this or not. not, but the Japanese have this thing, and it's called Lucky Sundays, and today is Lucky Sunday. But uh, the last one was like 500 years ago, um, and the, the everybody who shared it on Facebook 500 years ago, they all got a bunch of money. So <laughs> really? I'm thinking if everybody shares it this year on uh, on Facebook, we're all going to win a bunch. And it, it, you know, it doesn't happen for another 600 years, so I mean, right. you, right. Could, be you right. could be missing out. You could be out.
2: Guys, we could, we could like – if we got <laughs> enough money, we could, we could like go places and stuff. Yeah, we're. I think we're really missing out, guys. Why did you hold out on me on this with this information?
1: That's <laughs> my bet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, come now, on!
0: You're talking about me springing stuff out on you. Yeah, guys. yeah. I'm like, oh. yeah mockers here holding
2: valuable information.
1: Yep. Mm. Hey, man. If you don't believe me, look up Lucky Sunday on Facebook. It's it's legitimate. I saw it on the internet. It must be true.
2: No, no, no. It's got to be on Facebook for it to be true. Right. Or
0: Wikipedia. Well, there's a picture <laughs> on our page about um, uh, Abe Lincoln holding the first iPhone.
2: Well, yep. yeah. And I just don't, and don't under- try.
0: And don't try to tell me it's Photoshop because Photoshopping did not exist then. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh.
2: I just don't understand <laughs> why people are burned. Dying. They just don't get it. They don't get it.
0: Right. So, yeah, people are skeptical.
2: <laughs> right. I'm more skeptical now than I was it's, yesterday.
0: It's the critical <laughs> thinking. It's the critical thinking skills that so many Americans possess. <laughs>
2: yep, it's it's but, the the critical thinking skills that so many Americans think they possess. You are correct.
0: Like for example, there's a guy from North Carolina that drove all the way up to New York to free a whole bunch of uh, kids being trafficked in a pizza joint in the basement, and he brought in his AR-15 and. Shot a couple of shots, only to find out there was no basement in the building. So yeah, it's like that really takes sh- you know. Hey, I'm gonna ask off work for a few days.
2: <laughs> we gotta shut so, the podcast down. I
0: mean, That's like, kind of a commitment there that you're gonna drive up and sh- you know kind of shoot in a, a a pizza joint to try and rescue traffic children based mm-hmm. on you know a chain email or whatever that you got. So I you know, uh, totally. somebody has to so do anyway. something. so that's the kensington runestone uh you guys wanted to talk about some uh assassination in the 60s that no one really knows anything about
1: right yeah i mean i saw it on ancient aliens one time but i don't know if anybody else has ever heard of it (laughs) well what is it?
0: it it's what, couldn't it be possible that was it ancient astronauts or alien? What, how do they call them? It's not even aliens, they try to give it like a scientific, plausible name.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I just don't know what they call it. It's, yeah, believe it or not, I've never watched one of those shows in my life. So,
2: only Patfield's sure, watched them.
1: Sure,
0: you
2: can. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm the one, <laughs> right? Yeah, I believe it. I'm the one. Well, someone's yeah. got to what.
2: They market those shows so somebody will watch it.
0: Yeah, they finally moved it to like midnight on Saturday or something. So I don't think it's quite, it's you know, it's not maybe not midnight, but I don't know. I mean, it's been around. I think they're in season twenty seven or something now. So who knows?
2: Well, you've got midnight. a DVR. You can record
1: they're, it and go back and
0: listen to it later. or Watch it later. They're running. They're running neck and neck with uh, Oak Island, The Curse of Oak Island. So
1: okay, so let me. I'll be the first one to admit I do watch so uh, <laughs> I don't no like i it. I totally do I find it extremely entertaining um yeah, i mean whatever whatever
0: <laughs> i'm I'm not sitting in judgment, yes, i am, but um you know, <laughs> if you are. in if you enjoy it, i do not you know i I don't think any less no. of you, yes, I do, what? but uh, it's you know it's. Uh, <laughs> you you do you that's that's all that's really important thank you thank you i appreciate that that's why so uh considering that this show has gone on for like about three hours what's the other conspiracy theories (laughs) that we're talking about
2: well i had one but i wasn't prepared i guess i could google quick Uh, geldmacher you got anything to talk about or do i gotta let's
1: uh let's i mean do you want to dedicate a few minutes to kennedy or would you want to hold that off for another show
2: well, actually, here's what I really want to do for that one. Um yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, we probably should reach out to the sixth floor museum. Okay. And the what the, museum? The sixth floor museum. The sixth museum floor museum. In Dallas.
0: Oh, okay, okay. And see if it's we the, it's
1: the former repository. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um let me get hang on, let me jump on Wikipedia and see if there's any other conspiracies out there. Oh,
1: chemtrails.
0: <laughs> that's always a good one. <laughs> Seriously, this is what we're doing. Hey, let's- <laughs>
1: did, you, did you hear the sentence he just used? <laughs> Let me jump on Wikipedia and see if there's any other conspiracies out there. <laughs> Welcome to America,
0: ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that sums up the American oh internet usage right there. <laughs> that exactly three edge,
1: we are three. Edu- we are three trained educators and and we just said okay we'll wait (laughs)
3: you
0: you think that we would have probably you know mapped something out for this episode but now you know we rely on spur of the moment google searches
2: no no just a second I would like to point out that one of us did go in and put some stuff in the Google Doc to be prepared. I have
1: a because that's me. I (laughs) when I assumed we were talking, when that's my fault for assuming, uh, we were going to discuss Kennedy. I actually have an article from CNN, I have one from ABC. Uh, Those are ready to go, but you know. Stuff happens, and it's then okay, and somebody, that's okay. Yeah. and
2: somebody decided to go a different direction with it Without telling anybody else oh, And yet I'm that. the weirdo For and doing that. all the crazy stuff that nobody knows Like what the heck's you he gonna do today
0: <laughs> So so you're criticizing me For your lack of uh, <laughs> Clear
3: instructions Is that what we're doing <laughs>
0: Well, God, hey guys, no. hey, I want you to do a book report. Okay, I did one on this. Well, you didn't do it about World War II. Well, that's not what you said. <laughs> oh, well, too bad.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> now we know what it's like in Rude's classroom.
2: Oh boy. Ooh. You know what? Oh, I uh, you guys didn't get to see the conversation that I got stuck thrust into earlier uh, yesterday, well, two nights ago, uh, about 36 hours ago. Cause it was like one in the morning, but, uh, yeah, I got accused of being an indoctrinator. Actually, that's not true. We all got accused of being indoctrinators because we're teachers, but anyway, that's for another story. The Denver airport. What do you guys know about that?
1: Uh, Denver airport that, uh, there are many people that believe that the, some of the artwork and, um, just and in general, just like the layout of the airport itself lends to, uh, oh, goodness gracious, help me out. I can That's it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, Freemasonry, not yes. yada, yada, yada. Uh, secret Society. So I
2: had a student once who's a uh, great student. I really enjoyed having him in class. And at the end of the year, basically I said, okay, we're going to pick a topic. It wasn't really truly a genius hour, but I said, pick a topic that you would like to have people know more about, and then create something that you can present to us. And so, this kid, who he's a very, very good student. Uh, he just graduated last year. He's—I uh, don't—I think he went to the University of Iowa. Uh, his dad is actually a judge. He's got a brother that's in the Jag Corps right now. Uh, I'm not sure what his other brother's is doing. Uh, anyway, great kid, uh, great yeah. family. And anyway, he did a, a, a presentation on this, and it was so good that I had to come back and give it two other times to my other two sections of students. And he was talking nice. entirely about this. And he went so far as to call the guy that worked at the subway, I think in the Denver international airport to ask him questions. If he'd seen any of this stuff. Wow. Yeah. It was mm. impressive. Hmm. So yeah, interesting. it was cool. But anyway, um, yeah, so I mean, he got into the, you know, like, like we said, the, the artwork, um, the, uh, the layout and everything, symbol, a lot of symbol stuff that could be construed as right. either Freemason or Illuminati. But then they also claim that there's an entire city built underneath them where they house oh. all this stuff, was the, the other claim oh. that he made. So it, okay. it's, it gets deep.
0: It gets deep. I would well, imagine. If it, well, if it's built underneath it,
1: it would be very deep, right.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> nothing. Got nothing. I didn't hear Take what a you second. said. What'd it's, you say? Oh. It's like oh. I mean, I'm reaching because this is top shelf comedy.
2: Oh, right. What? Right.
0: What did he say? I missed it. I said you said it gets pretty deep. I'm like, especially if they if they built underneath it, oh you had said. Right. The I'm <laughs> sorry. That was that was beautifully done. There, Hatfield. who's,
2: who's, a, funny guy? Who, 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 who's a funny guy? Who who's a funny guy? who's a funny guy?
1: Oh I boy, know. here we go! No, there's I'm, a uh, there's a Denver Post article from Team uh, Talks about uh, the definitive guide. <laughs> so, if you're looking for one place to find all your Denver International Airport conspiracy theories, this article is it. Um, so, th- everything from uh, Nazi runways to underground bunkers, aliens, uh, artistic depictions of the apocalypse. Just, you know, general mayhem. Good times. (laughs) Swastika-shaped runways and murals that point to a New World Order takeover or alien invasion. Well,
0: there you go. Swastika runways? That would seem very inefficient. Swastika.
1: Now, see, now, I know, right? Now I have to Google search what the Denver airport looks like.
0: Okay. Uh, Talk amongst yourselves. Okay, I think I'm going to do that, too.
1: Well, wait, I can't talk amongst
2: myself if you two are. Uh...
1: <laughs> Rude, don't act like you don't talk to yourself. Cut it out. Just stop it. Just hold
0: on. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, yeah, come on. <laughs> um, almighty, what did I do? You know, right? I, I have not heard about this. Oh. Yeah, that's a. Uh, whoa. Where
1: did I hear about this the first time? Some craziness. Holy cow. Shut up.
0: What?
2: What?
1: It does.
2: What?
0: Okay, wait a minute. Okay, wait. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming in.
2: It does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It oh, I does. missed that part. It does. Oh, my gosh.
0: Wait, this is – wait, Denver Airport? Yes. Denver, Denver International.
2: International Not Stapleton. Denver
0: International. Uh, oh, what? come on. No, that's, that's oh, kind of pushing it, it a little bit. Okay, <laughs> okay, they do have the hub in the middle, and you've got – okay, yeah, some of these – <laughs> Runways are kind of nah. He, it's a crappy looking swastika. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, but it's hey. close I, enough. I understand. <laughs> I was doing the whole caucuses dog whistle thing, but this is not. <laughs> I, I don't think. This is,
1: what is Dog no, no, you, What rude just said is is perfect because it's just enough that there is somebody out there who runs with it.
2: Well, let's see. What's
1: just saying, here? man. Ha ha ha
2: ha ha! I made you think it was a swastika.
0: Okay, because they usually. I, see the people, it, I
1: mean, I can see.
0: I'm um, I'm looking at it, and yeah, it's um the Denver International Airport does have, uh, north south, which is pretty common, and east west. But you know, let's do a comparison. Let's take a look at um. It's close enough. That's all that matters. Let's take a. Let's take a it, look it is at, close uh, enough for me. Let's take
2: a look at Chicago. Chicago doesn't lay out that you way. You doing
1: midway or are you doing O'Hare? O'Hare. Uh O'Hare does not yeah. have a swastika outlay, do they? No, not at all. <laughs> and and okay. now we're using that word as a as a thing.
0: <laughs> no,
2: they
1: don't. There's see,
0: um okay, so I'm looking at O'Hare. So am I. And they have <laughs> um looks like they have some not north east west. They've got east west and they got some northwest and southeast facing. Yep. Um, but yeah, that doesn't that doesn't look like uh, a lot of not a whole bunch of anti-Semitism happening. No. In the uh, <laughs> National Airport. Layout.
2: Let's look at Durham.
1: Now I'm like, see, now I'm going to scour this Denver Post article because this is like a thing now.
2: Oh, look, Durham does uh. not look that way rdu <laughs> rdu does not well
0: i mean <laughs> if we want to compare rdu with like you know o'hare i i think you're going to be a little disappointed there's basically it looks like what a, a three runways maybe i mean it's and they're you know let's look north, at uh north east southwest let's
2: look at hartsfield jackson <laughs> in atlanta <gasps> oh, doesn't what are you nothing saying? no problems there
0: What's the uh, what's the major uh, airport uh near you in Iowa? Des Moines. Waterloo. Uh
2: oh. Are
1: you ready for this?
0: What?
1: Get a load of the St. Louis airport. Ready for this?
0: Uh hang on. It okay, looks go.
1: like okay, a uh, like it, it looks like an assault oh. rifle.
0: Oh <gasps> it kinda does. <laughs> Okay, Des Moines Airport looks a little bit like an X. Obviously, we, okay
3: so,
1: so here pirates.
0: we are. Pirates. <laughs> pirates.
1: So here we are. Again, three educated <laughs> trained professional educators talking on a podcast, Google searching airports.
2: I'm I'm on I'm Google
0: Maps. Thank you very much. <laughs> We, we can call it research we can call it research uh,
1: hey if that's what she'd like to use it that call it that's fine great
0: <laughs> so um you know this is great you know people are you know that are listening to this are kind of like okay well when i get to work i guess i'm going to have to look up the denver international airport hey tell us I what think, you think <laughs> i think you yeah leave a comment um sure. i'm on team kind of sketch <laughs> not really sold Listen. on the whole, you know, pro-Nazi. I mean, face it. I mean, it's Colorado. They they legalize marijuana, so I, I doubt it's a staunch, so you know, fascist.
1: Exactly. That's so, what they want you to think. Which? Hey. You hey. Think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, ha- uh, not Hatfield. You're not, not Hatfield. Which one are you, uh, Gelmacher. There we go. Yes. Um, you said the Denver Post. What was what? When was the article written?
1: Uh, hold on, Denver. I can look it up. Hold on, port conspiracy. Yes, I read as I type it out. Um, the article that I pulled up was from 2016 with an update, January of last year.
2: So was it October 30 Was it Denver airport conspiracy theories? The oh, g- definitive. Guide? It's on
1: Halloween. Yes.
2: Okay. Yes. So here's the thing. I typed in <laughs> swastika shaped airports, and what did I find? Only Denver Airport. <gasps> the only one. And bum, on bum, ta- bum. on time.com. On time.com, if you type in swastika buildings and whatnot, the Coordinado Naval Amphibious Base in San Diego lays out like a swastika. Uh-huh. Uh, hang on. Let's keep going here. Uh the Oprah maze had some of that going on. This must have been back in 2004. Uh, UFO landing pads in, I don't know where the heck that is. That's weird. No, that didn't have swastika. <laughs> Firefox crop circles. That's no swastika. That's just conspiracy. Atlantis found? No. They're um,
1: down the rabbit hole.
2: <laughs> you started it. You started it. <laughs> All right. Uh, lost and found at sea. Oh, there's a crashed ship, the Jasmine. <gasps> uh, a cl- face in the clay. That's in Canada. A bloody rape. Well, lake it's kind of it-
0: interesting because I actually do have. Um, it's real quick before we move on. Um, you know, kind <laughs> of think of it. I did actually fly into um, Denver International Airport, and I took some well, video of me and and I just want to let you, you know sometimes they'll play music and this was apparently the music they were playing and I never thought about this until I just listened to it but um <laughs> I So yeah Ooh, I uh, yeah. I never thought of that I never considered that before that's kind of crazy. I don't think
1: there's anything we need to say There you go <laughs>
0: What in? Oh my! God. No more need to do the research. I think it's been confirmed. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh this boy! Is crazy. What are we doing?
2: You wanted I mean, to do I cannot
0: believe I'm paying back as much as I am in student loans, and this is what I have to do for right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, but here's the thing, oh, Hatfield you guys wanted to do this, go on the the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, which is fine. And I was prepared to go a direction and it, whoa, did it go a different direction than I expected? I won't, I won't point fingers at who, but somebody changed things up on us a little bit. And so
0: that's what I'll say. Blame it on me. Blame it on me. Um, uh, Hey, you know, Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, there's, wow. A conspiracy. there's a conspiracy theory happening right now so um okay.
1: true in
2: the uh, uh, the the spirit of what is going on in Iowa with the caucuses and the voting I think it's time that we, we take a vote on these two topics that we've thrown out there that are wild okay. um, if that's okay with you guys sure Cool, and actually, well, there I vote yes, so it doesn't matter what what Hatfield says. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's out wait, wait, you're voting on whether or not these are legit? Yes, they're legitimate conspiracy theories. No, yes, whether that
2: like, like whether are, no, that's no, what no, we're
0: talking.
2: no, whether we're going to vote on, and we we can't just say yes if now. We we've believe gotta, it. We've got yeah, we 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 got to make this a little more dramatic. Otherwise, what's the point? Sure, 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 sure you know so okay so the vote is do you think the denver international airport conspiracy uh, about it you know whether it's a legit thing that it's actually an illuminati base whatever you want to call it or
0: an illuminati base
2: <laughs> well that's what some people say it is and then we will come back and we will vote on whether or not um what else are we going to vote
0: on? Why are the Illuminatis all of a sudden anti-Semites? I don't understand. With uh, Okay. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: And then we'll vote on the runestone, whether we think the, re- the runestone is legit or not. How's that sound? Sure. I like it. Okay. All right. Um, we'll have a random order to the vote. So okay. uh, on the Ra- first- Raise
0: a hand. Raise a hand.
2: You Raise a hand. Yeah. Okay. You can mm-hmm. raise your hand, but then I'm, also I'm you must raise a hand and have an audible signal uh, for this <laughs> to count. <laughs>
0: So complicated
2: well it is but that's 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 robert's rules of of doing it right so we're going to do it right dang it all right okay so on in on the uh the, the first case of conspiracy uh, uh, in in the case of this the, the uh, international airport in denver do you think it actually is a, an illuminati base um hatfield
0: <laughs> no I mean, that is so crazy. <laughs> no, no. Okay. As much fun as I like to poke at this and how ridiculous <laughs> as it is, I mean, come on. That's like, <laughs> I just, I mean, that's, <sighs> oh, God.
2: Okay, so you didn't have to make an argument. You just had to vote.
0: Okay, okay, no. <laughs> Nine.
2: Nine. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Geldmacher.
1: As much as I want to say yes to this, um, there is just there's a lot going on here uh, with the swastikas and the Illuminati and the uh, you know the end of the New World Order type stuff. Uh, for this one, I'm gonna have to say no dice.
2: Okay. I, Jason no. Rude. Jeez! Oh, Believe, oh god, that this is a bunch of uh, horse hockey. Okay, oh, thank God.
0: <laughs> I was like, I was going to
2: have to reevaluate our friendship. <laughs> I haven't seen a compelling no. argument. First off No,
0: I mean yeah, I've never heard of this conspiracy theory before. So that's yeah, that's kind of Well, uh, just cuz you
2: don't read the right stuff on Facebook and and Wikipedia doesn't mean it,
0: it didn't it doesn't exist. Right. And just because you choose to read I guess everything.
1: <laughs> oh, I think I know where I've heard this story before. Okay, I think I think that it's um it <laughs> laugh if you want. Um it is a like a side story in one of the Dan Brown novels, and it might it be the one called Origin,
2: maybe. Well, he talks about Illuminati in the second, um, the sequel to
0: Da Vinci Code.
1: Yeah, I I think it's in the novel called Origin. I think he talks about the the Denver Airport. That you know what?
0: Now I'm you think I think he talks about it in his book crazy nazi airports.
2: <laughs> well, he might. You might be right.
0: Yeah, you might be. I right. mean, the thing is is that you it's it's it, it, there's a lot of spoilers just in the title. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, The Da Vinci Code is kind of like, I wonder what this is about. You know, when you get to crazy nazi airports in America, it's it kind of right. feels a little a, a little trashy. A little trashy. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, All right, so Kensington-Runestone.
2: Okay, that one I'll vote on first. No, I won't. Okay. No, I won't. Gelmacher, you go first. The Kensington- oh.
1: Okay. I believe that there isn't as easy an explanation to the Kensington-Runestone as academics might have you believe. So if that means a yes or no vote, that means that – I will go on record as saying I believe that it is very possible that it's legit.
0: Look at that. Look at that. And I'm looking up um, an article here where they talked about how there were swastikas on the rune stone.
3: <laughs> I, I officially
1: changed my vote. I, changed my vote.
0: It, 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 I mean, 1898. I mean, of course. no no i'm just kidding no there are no No. Um,
1: then i'll I'll go ahead and stay with i i think it i think it I,
0: you know not living the thing is is that if we have any listeners in uh minnesota um i chances are they're they're probably thinking this is like the dumbest conspiracy ever (laughs) but i don't know i have to say i got to give kudos to uh the history channel their documentary that they have which by the way I have on DVD. Mm. Well, I wanted to try at some point to kind of show snippets of it to class to try and make kids think critically. Like, would you believe this or not? Why? Why not? Kind of throw a little curveball at them. But um, uh, I would have to say there's, there's enough questioning in it that I could not rule it as a hoax altogether.
1: No, okay
2: seriously you two believe
1: in this stuff well i guess we know where rude
0: boats well I, I see let me let me let, let me try my mind reading abilities and see what rude might be thinking <laughs> actually no i i mean i i'm not saying that it's not a hoax but i'm saying that there's enough questioning that makes me think well you know there's some there's a possibility I believe in, in the legitimacy of the rune stone more <laughs> so than a Nazi airport in Denver, okay? If that's, <laughs> if that's, the, bar, if that's the bar we're setting.
2: You're telling me that's they fair. let you teach students? <laughs> believe in that.
0: We really want to go down that path, Ruth?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I tend to agree with both of you that um, I, I, I can't come up with a verdict. I want <laughs> to, I want, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I pulled the old switch on you there. Didn't I? I did a nice job of acting.
0: Yeah, you did. Yeah. That's, um, you know, but yeah, you did. You did. Who's a, who's a big boy. Who's a, who's a big <laughs> sneaky boy.
2: Hey, can we retire yeah, that joke too or not?
0: What? Sure.
2: No, don't. I think it's actually kind of funny, so don't do that.
0: No, I it. was going to say, we have to let it go for at least another 17 episodes.
2: <laughs> Is it kind of like <laughs> Hall of Fame eligibility? It's got to go at 17 episodes, and then we can retire it? Sure. Oh, <laughs> by the way,
0: um, I just want to say uh, we are recording this on a palindrome day.
2: Palindrome! Mm.
0: February 2nd of 2020. And right. um so that's kind of I mean uh that's pretty fascinating. Especially uh, for the
2: math nuts.
0: Right? I'm not um, wearing well. nuts. Is it when's the next possible palindrome day that we could have? I don't know. Twenty one, I guess. Yeah. No.
2: No, 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 no. Um like November.
1: Is it November? Or would it be December 2nd? No. No. Of 2021? Uh,
2: 2021? No, no, no. No. So, uh, no, February 11th. Oh.
0: So we're really? not that many days away.
2: Wait. wait, 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 wait. Zero zero
0: 021120. Oh. Crap. Nope, yeah. you're right. So I don't know. If you know the answer, feel free to hit us up on social media. I believe it's
1: December second of twenty twenty one. If you if you subscribe to the month day year, if you're sure. you know in Europe where you do it the wrong way, um, then it's something different. Right. <laughs> right.
2: Anyway, I, I, here's the problem. I've got that that Nazi song that that Hatfield likes to play stuck in my head now. <laughs>
0: Hey, that wasn't me. That was the music they play at the Denver International Airport. I think maybe a little bit of a, you know, maybe some and they Taylor play
1: Swift. It. They play it for obvious reasons.
0: Oh my god! And the way, and the way that all the stewardesses and everybody wave to you seems really kind of stiff.
2: <laughs> oh, that took a second, but I got it. <laughs>
0: There's not a whole lot of motion right there. It's like, I don't, you know, and...
1: Normally when you wave, your elbow is bent, but these guys don't do that.
0: It's it's crazy. What's up with Denver? It's It's strangest thing. (laughs) I always
2: thought that goose stepping in time was really interesting.
3: Well, you know...
0: (laughs) They're always talking about how bad the weather is. Like there's a bunch of heil that's gonna be falling and stuff like that. So oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. No. Oh, no. No. oh no, that's too no, far. No. That's too far. Too much, okay. too much. Okay. Back it down. I'm the jerk right now. <laughs> Back it <Okay>. down. <laughs> oh.
3: All right. I
0: think now's as good of a time as any is to, uh, you know, to go ahead and shut this one down.
2: I feel like I should have just clicked end without anything else. Just zip, and it's done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, uh, das is sehr gut. Das ist dies. Well, wow. <laughs> das ist <dies>? <laughs> 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 It's just a swear. Okay, <laughs> off the rails. We're totally off the rail
2: Oh, it's been a good one, guys. It's time to cut it, though. Uh, it's well, it was cool unorthodox, Sunday. but it was funny. <laughs> I, there's some compelling arguments made. Um, they're not... Were they there? Good, were there? <laughs> about, <laughs> really? About,
0: about Denver? Uh, really? I don't think...
2: Okay, maybe compelling... <laughs> Considering the, the
0: fact that I think 90% of what we talked about was uh, oxen shisa.
2: <laughs> you can't say that on the radio. Oh...
0: It's- Oh, sorry, all of our German listeners, all of our all of our German listener are going to get really.
2: Hey, we got a couple of them, I think.
1: All of our German listener.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, um, I guess uh, we should go ahead and um, say Auf Zane for a uh, particular episode.
2: Oh my God, Hatfield! What am I- Oh my God. <laughs>
0: I just, I got, I got, I got, I got whole bunches of them. You You
2: know, I just, (laughs) (laughs) oh my God. Hang on. Before we go.
0: I'd never even heard of this Denver airport thing. So I blame you. You're the one that's responsible (laughs) for this. Not me. Right.
2: We have German listeners. Listener. Right. No, hang on. Let me, uh, let me double check. (laughs) Hang on, hang and on. I want,
0: and I just want to say, Gunta, thank you very much for <laughs> for tuning in and listening to us every single week.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. it's less than one percent of the
0: listeners.
2: Yabul, yabul.
0: What is wrong? People are going to be sitting there saying, "Yeah, these these three history teachers—they're just dog whistling all around." The place.
2: <laughs> no, 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 oh, guys. There is more than one listener in. Germany. There are
1: well, we one, think two, the three, the four, five, less than six, ten of seven,
2: you. Eight.
0: eight. There's eight of them.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: No, nine. <laughs> nine.
2: nine. They're in
0: nine. Oh, so they're not. They're not less than eight. You said nine. It's, it's nine. So, so it, no. there's
2: Land Berlin.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: I, I got it. I got it. Glad <laughs> <laughs> you're there with me.
2: Rylan, false. Uh, Rylan, faults uh, Baden-Württemberg region and Land Berlin.
1: I'm not sure what you're saying, but. Well, I'm, cheers that's... to you if, if you're listening from wherever Germany. It is you're
2: listening. Germany is the third, it's a, it's a this point, best <laughs> listen foreign country to listen to the, the to the History Bros pod. Just, just oh.
0: please, please don't fly into Denver. I guess is what we're trying. to
2: We're do. <laughs> do whatever. I don't care. Just <laughs> let us know what's going on. That's really all we want to know.
0: It's America. It's a free country. <laughs> It's so is Germany, dude. I don't know where we are. I have no idea where we are right now.
2: I, well, I'm in, in Iowa. You're probably, I don't know where the hell you are, but.
1: Okay. To, let's, let's drive this bus home, please.
2: Okay. Please land. Please. The, hey, hey, it's okay. I'll land the plane. Oh, God. In Denver. <laughs> All right. That's it. no, no. no. For the History Bros, this is Jason Rude signing off here. We have Jason Hatfield and Brian Gelbacher. We hope you like what you heard today. Help us grow <laughs> this thing
0: and, and if share you
1: don't, And if you don't, we will hardly apologize.
0: <laughs> like I'm just going to go ahead and do a blanket apology now. I'm just that, you know.
2: Anyway, uh, help us like, share, give us a good rating despite what you think of today. And uh-huh. uh, And we'll be back in a week with hopefully something else that's a little more planned, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for me, Rude, uh, you have a good one, everybody. How about you
0: two? See you. Bye. I got got nothing. Deuces.